I would like to turn your attention to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter 1. It's funny, I feel led to look through uh, some thoughts in the book of Acts and met with a pastor friend today and he said that he knows five pastors, now six, preaching out of the book of Acts. But we look and he said, I think people are just looking at the first days of the church age while we're living in the last days of the church age. So we look back and we can learn from these early days in the church and specifically a thought I want to share with you concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, begin looking with me in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let us pray, Lord. We love you. We come to you tonight. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come and study your precious word. We thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power therein. Lord, we pray that we would grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ as we study this precious word together. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I've been studying about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, I realize that the Holy Ghost itself may be the most misunderstood and mislabeled figure that we see in the New Testament and all through the Bible. And I say this because we see some things when we study through the Bible. We see the ministry of God in the way that he spoke to man in the Old Testament through donkeys and pillars of fire and the law, the Ten Commandments, audibly, visibly, all the amazing ways God spoke to man in the Old Testament. We see how God spoke to man in the life of Jesus. It was through God-made man. Jesus Christ is how he spoke to man. Obviously, always through his word, but he speaks to man in the life of Christ through Jesus, God-made man. And at this time, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, And he says, this Holy Ghost, in verse 5, he talks of how ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. He says, it's the Holy Ghost that will be left with you to bear witness of me. And until my return, that's how I will speak to you. And I'm interested in the first part of verse 8. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. As I said, the Holy Ghost is misrepresented, it's uh, mislabeled, it's misunderstood by many. And I believe it's because we have the full revelation of the Old Testament. 
We have the full revelation of Christ's earthly ministry. And we are, by all intents and purposes, taught about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. But a lot of people feel that it's open to interpretation for how they believe the Holy Spirit operates. What do you mean by that? Well, I had a Bible, Bible college professor, my first Bible college professor, and he said, you know, I'm not being mean when I'm saying this. I'm just being honest because we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He said some people, for them, the, the move of the Holy Spirit is really just because they, they ate a little bit of, too much pizza last night before they went to bed. A move of the Holy Spirit for some people is because they sit under the air, air conditioning vent. Move for the Holy Spirit for some people is just because they take an ocean and they feel like the Holy Spirit's doing something. Amen. It's, it's, people are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so yet, so they, they, they say, well, I feel this way. The Holy Spirit must be telling me this. The Holy Spirit ministers to us and gives us discernment. The Bible tells us to try the spirits, to know if they're real or not real. And as we go through looking at the Holy Spirit, we'll, we'll know and we'll understand more about that. But there's people that they've also learned that I can gain benefit and people can't argue with me because I say, well, I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit. You know, you've heard about arguing about carpet color in church and color of the church and all this mess, the color you paint the walls, all just junk people argue about. There's some shifty people that would say, the Holy Spirit told me that we need to have green carpet in the church. You, get, you see where I'm heading? The Holy Spirit, I mean, you get out, you get out in the community. God told me this. But they, don't, they don't know a bit more about the Lord than they do anything. God told me this. God told me that. People have used that to gain benefit because you know what? Who's going to stand there and argue with somebody that said, God told me this, the Holy Spirit told me that? We need to be more sensitive to the Spirit because there are people out there in this world, they don't know, I mean, they, they, they wouldn't know it if it hit them in the face. And when it does, they realize, my goodness, what have I, how have I been living? What have I been doing? What have I been experiencing? What is this feeling I've got? The devil, that's why the word tells us to try the spirits because the devil, he'll come by and make people think things and tempt them with things and put things in their mind. And, and, uh, and when we lean into our own understanding, we can convince ourselves, I got to do this because I feel impressed by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying we've got to be careful to know that it's the true baptism of the Holy Ghost on something. And we'll get to that in just a moment. So first, the Holy Ghost, what part does it play? Well, first, we look at the Trinity. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. I mean, that's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It is God today on this earth witnessing to you and to you. How do, how do we know that? First, where, what about God the Father? He sits upon the throne of heaven. Hebrews 4, 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Who do you think sits on that throne? It's God the Father. He's always sat up on that throne. He always will sit upon that throne. And even today, at this very moment, as I deliver this message to you, he is upon the throne of heaven. Always has been, always will be. And during the time of the Old Testament... 
before the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came and, and was born to, uh, to a virgin and came and, and was God-made man. It was God the Father that dealt directly with man in diverse manners, in diverse ways, and through prophecy, and through pillars of fire, and through many different ways, in many different fashions, God spoke to man. When Jesus was born, who's Jesus? Jesus the Son, God the Son. We learn in Romans 8.34, who is he that, con- that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. What we learn from God's word is it's God the Father that sits on the throne, and when Jesus here ascends to heaven, it is he that is sitting beside God, beside the throne, making intercession for you and for me. Chad heavily messes up, and he says, I need forgiveness because you've been convicted by the Holy Ghost of your sin. I need forgiveness. It is Jesus that says, Father, that is my child. I plead my blood for Chad. I plead my blood for his sins. Forgive him. My blood was shed for him. I make intercession for that child. And it's the Holy Ghost when Christ ascended. It's the Holy Ghost that he left behind to minister to you and I today. For conviction, for correction, for uh, a number of purposes we'll read about. It's really fascinating when you get to study about it. So I just wanted to lay the foundation of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. People avoid it so much because it kind of, some people it doesn't, make, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. But it's pretty simple. God the Father on the throne, God the Son at his right hand, and the Holy Ghost ministering to us on the earth today. That's the Trinity. So he says, but in verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We see the Trinity in the ministry of each of those uh, figures in the Trinity, and they're all God. That's what's amazing. That's where it does, hey, sometimes it takes some praying for, for you to have some peace about that. God the Father is God just like the Holy Ghost is God. Just like the Holy Ghost is God like Jesus Christ. Man, it gets deep. But that's how amazing God is. I don't have the mind of God. I can't understand it. But I just believe it because his his word tells me so. So the Trinity. Then we see here, he says, this power is going to come upon you. After after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what does he say? And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I'm interested where he says, but ye shall receive power power. It's the Holy Spirit of God that gives power and ability to a Christian to do anything that we do of a spiritual benefit. You see, human beings possess two things by definition of nature. My, my grandfather, he used to say about things, whether uh, my grandmother might have get, been getting on to him for, for smoking, uh, and, and I think one time uh, me or my brother, probably me, uh, thought I was just going to get around Papaw and start smoking in front of Papaw. Papaw's been smoking cigarettes 50 years. He ain't going to say nothing to me. And he said, he told, after he got done chewing me out, he said, I promise you, if you do that, your babies will be born naked. You know, I was thinking about that earlier, and that's just simple stuff, but the reality is, is that little child comes out. You can guarantee that baby's crying and that baby's naked. There's two things about a child when it's born that it possesses. First thing is a human body. An individual possesses a human body. If you've got a heart beating inside of you, you've got a human body. 
You say, well, I'm missing an arm, I'm missing a leg, I'm missing a finger, I'm missing an eyeball. You've got a human body as long as you're breathing. Every being, every human being possesses a human body. You're born, into, you're born with it. Now, the other thing is every human being possesses a soul. So we know that it's the soul in, inside of us. We all have one. I mean, that's just you're born with a body and you're born with a soul. Now, there's a third aspect, the Holy Ghost. Someone accepts Christ and is convicted, dealt with by the Holy Ghost, and accepts Christ and is saved. These young men that just recently got saved, when they asked Christ, uh, uh, they, 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 they repented of their sins and they asked Christ, Christ to come into their heart, the Holy Ghost is now indwelling inside of them. So they have a human body, they have a soul, and they have the Holy Ghost dwelling within that's where a Christian receives his power and his ability to do anything. I don't know, but I'm feeling good tonight. I usually don't feel, feel this, this peppy on Wednesday nights. I'm feeling good. It's the Holy Ghost indwelling inside of me that gives me the power to go and do. The great commission that Christ gives here is he says, go and teach and preach to all nations, into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Go tell everybody about me because I'm coming back one day. I'm leaving and I'm leaving my Holy Ghost with you and he will bear witness of me to you today. And you tell others about me and you preach to the world about me and you tell them about me that died on the cross of Calvary. You tell them that you've seen me. You tell them that you've felt me. And that's where we gain our power is through the Holy Ghost of God. Warren Wiersbe said, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not a luxury. It is an absolute necessity. That's where we gain our power. That's where we get the, the joy and the ability to do what we do. And without the Holy Ghost of God, how would we go tell anyone about the goodness of Jesus Christ? How? How? That's why he left the, go, the Holy Ghost and allows the Holy Ghost to minister us to, to us today is so that we can go and we can say, somebody one day said, Sandra Prince, I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord that they did. But it's not just because they told you about Jesus Christ. It's because of the spirit dwelling within them that, that, that pleaded with your soul, your lost and dying soul. And you realize there's something missing on the inside. I might have a body and I might have a soul, but I'm missing the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of me. Amen. Oh, I'm missing something. This is simple, but it's Bible truth. And it's completely looked over by so many today. And we wonder why there's so much foolishness and nonsense in the church. It's because the basic truth about the Holy Spirit and, and the way the Holy Ghost deals with man, it's completely skipped over and jumped over. And we're going to get to speaking in tongues and prophecy and all that other stuff. We're going to get, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy that. We're going to get to all that mess momentarily, not momentarily, but Lord willing soon. The giver of power and ability to witness. And he says, finally, he says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Without the Holy Spirit, the gospel mission would be a disaster. How could we reach anyone without the indwelling Holy Spirit? And you see, I think that's why some charismatic people do enforce and push the idea that Speaking in tongues is possible and that God still gives men prophecies and all this charismatic stuff that people believe is still exists. And we'll learn about the apostolic age as we continue on in Acts. We learn about the apostolic age. 
Uh, God, God gave, when he gave the Holy Spirit, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. God gave them uh, miracle works and capabilities to prophesy, to heal, to, to, uh, to decipher speaking in tongues, which is different than what people believe it is now. They were given extra abilities to prove Christ. And we know and we learn through Scripture, we'll share that uh, shortly as we continue on, maybe through some of these messages, messages that that time ended. And today we're left just with the Holy Ghost. I can't prophesy of anything that's going to come up around the corner. I was just telling Scotty the other night, I said, uh, somebody said that uh, they believed the world was going to end April 23rd, 2023. We made it past that. Remember people, Y2K, people talking about Y2K, 2012. I remember that one a little better. 2012, everybody said, the world's going to end, the Aztec calendar. You thinking people 2,000 years ago was thinking about sitting around looking at that calendar? No. And I told Scotty, I said, had the world ended, the time and the age in which we live, had Christ returned and, and the world as we know it ended, and Christ came back for his church, it wouldn't have been because some man said so. It would have been because God said so. Amen on that. So people get all mixed up. There's Christian people. Local. There's people in, in western North Carolina that think they've got, man, the Holy Spirit told me that this date, this year, that's hogwash. Throw that in there with manifesting stuff. It's hogwash. We'll learn more about that. Sorry, I had to get on my soapbox. But it's a witness to the nations. That's why we must be so careful and so cautious that we have a genuine move of the Spirit in our lives. Because so many are deceived being told, this is the Spirit. This is the Spirit. We must be sure that it's genuine because that Spirit that indwells us, that Spirit that baptizes us, that Spirit that gives us power, that Spirit is what goes and deals with lost souls. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is God, part of the Trinity. The ministry of the Holy Spirit gives power and unction to share the gospel. And the witness of the Holy Spirit is a witness to all nations. What a beautiful thing that is. You can go anywhere around God's beautiful green earth and you're going to find somebody. Some little person in, tucked in a corner somewhere in China. Say, China's a crazy communist country. America's right behind them, folks, but somewhere in a jungle in East Asia, there's a little person, maybe a little old man, a little old lady, that someday, one day, they'll look and they'll see Jesus because somebody that somebody being the Holy Spirit through somebody that was real, through somebody that knew the truth of the goodness of God, through somebody that was a willing vessel, came by their way and told them about Jesus. And that Holy Spirit, there's a language barrier they didn't understand. Maybe just but a few words. My dad knew a little boy. He was terribly handicapped in a number of ways confined to a wheelchair his mind was developed uh, up to I believe the age of a three or a four year old 
His arms were contorted. His hands were contorted. His feet were contorted. But he could say, Jesus. He could say, Jesus. That's real stuff, folks. That's the indwelling Holy Spirit, the witness to all nations. There's people all over this earth. There's people, they don't, they have but a few pages of God's precious word. You go back to Nazi Germany, and the, the Jews would take the Torah, and they would tear pieces out of their Bible, and they would place them under their fingernails. Hey, there's some people, they have but chapters of God's word because that's all someone could translate to them. And it may be illegal for them to even possess it, but that's sufficient. You know why? God's Holy Spirit was left here to bear witness of him. And it can work with but a word. It can work with but a name. It can work with but a thought. It can work with but a smile. I believe if a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost walks up to somebody, can't speak a lick of English, can't speak uh, uh, their language, can smile at somebody, and the Holy Ghost can bear witness that they can be saved because of the love of God. You say, well, that doesn't meet, that doesn't meet my, I mean, you've got a president of the gospel and do all this. Hey, I, I understand. But also that's how great the Holy Ghost is if we just will allow it to indwell in us and flow from us. There's enough fake junk out there. Let's be real. Let's be real. And let's realize the power of the Holy Ghost. You realize that you're great. Uh, my, my, my smiling sign is gone over here. My smiling sign is over here. Do you realize the power of a smile? You can smile at somebody and the love of God in your heart. And that may be what the Holy Ghost needs to be able to start dealing with them about being saved. I got a little irritated on the road coming over. That wreck that Devin was talking about, that was right down the road from, that was right at the outskirts of Asheville and Lester. My dad seen it. And the things that happen, I mean, you just worry about your family. I just got frustrated. I just got angry. But you know, even the way I act on the road, even if I'm being defensive, Sam, because I'm worried my family's in danger, I may be hindering the spirit. Let's get real. Let's get, let's get genuine. I was just studying a little bit for Sunday, Lord willing. I was looking at 2 Timothy, and you know what Timothy, you know what Paul tells Timothy about Timothy's faith? He says it's unfeigned faith. He says, I see in you, Timothy, unfeigned faith. You know what that means? That means genuine. The spirit can work with genuine. The spirit can move with real. It's all this other junk and all this other mess and all this man-made stuff and all, well, I feel this and I feel that. It's when we biblically approach our actions, the way we treat people, the way we talk to people, biblically approach that, that the Holy Ghost can do its work. It's when I get in the way that I hinder it. We'll continue on. Our next, chat, our next uh, text is on Pentecost, so it'll get, it'll get interesting. So, Lord willing, come back when, next Wednesday and we'll, we'll hit on some, some other stuff. Have a good time. Learning about the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's missed, it's overlooked, it's misunderstood, it's misrepresented.
But you, when you're a Christian, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You know, you, get, you, you can get on a bicycle after a while. I hadn't tried this. I should have thought about this before I preached it. But, you know, you get on a bicycle even after a while. You know the feeling. I got this. A little rusty, a little shaky. A true move of the Holy Ghost. It might, be, it might have been a while, but you'll know. You'll know when it's there. Amen.